Welcome to the ServiceNow Executive Circle UK and I podcast. I'm joined today by James Nielsen, Senior Director for the Consumer Business at ServiceNow, and Rich Ellis, Senior Director for Telco Media and Technology. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Thank you, Kat. Hi. Very nice to be here. So this podcast, we delve into the discussion and topics that are top of mind for business leaders today. Now, recently, the two of you had the pleasure of attending the Times CEO Summit. So I'm hoping to understand from you today what some of the hot topics and insights that you found um, from that event. So, James, to you first, could you summarise some of the, the key things? Well, it's fantastic with 100 plus CEOs there to get perspectives across a various number of industries. Um, there are clearly some common themes. The, the focus was really around growth and unlocking productivity. The skills gap was one big theme we discussed at our table. Definitely some common themes, but a massive focus on, on speed, agility, how you're going to retain that talent, how you can retrain staff as well, as technology evolution also has a massive impact on those industries. Amazing. And, and Rich, anything to add on the, anything that you found? Yeah, I, I would say the focus from everybody in the room on Gen AI. So I think the event started with a uh, Gen AI produced high and then I think every it was it was a theme in every discussion and it felt like the room was really really interested and saw it as a real priority to get their plan sorted for how they were going to adopt NIA. So yeah, for, for that audience to be so focused was really impressive. That's amazing. I think we've all dabbled in a little bit of chat GPT and, and Gen AI. Any if you two either got any sort of personal examples of where you've been testing it out? Well, we did have a barbecue at my parents' house and my dad um, wanted to see what this chat GPT thing was and he had a speech coming up at the golf club so we typed in great golf speeches and, and he was literally blown away. So he's a real technophobe, only just made WhatsApp a couple of years ago so uh, it was great for him to see the power of it. And I think, to Rich's point, that was part of the audience there. A lot of CEOs are now exposed to the power of Gen AI, both the opportunity but also the risk. So that was a really interesting learning for me to see that light bulb moment for my dad on a technology platform. Yeah, incredible. Uh, I think for me, you know, writing a letter to a key customer maybe was a 20 minute exercise. I probably got down to three or four minutes, get your bullet points right, get ChatGPT to shape it up for you. So yeah, definitely got lots of those examples. But I think from a, an enterprise business, there's that sense of how do they use it and where do they start? Um, you touched on that, Rich, as, as a discussion at the event. Can you tell us a little bit more around what they were saying? Yeah, I think probably at the event it was more around what the plans were to really familiarise themselves and their leadership team to see the opportunities. So it's probably more kind of strategy sort of to planning than real specific use cases. I mean, I think if I think about, say, the telco sector where everybody's got the example where there's some kind of issue that they've had with a service and that kind of need to have repeated conversations. It's not just telco, right? Anywhere where you're going into a contact center and it's uh, it's not a simple issue and you keep having to go back again. We've got a great use case where, what, how does that experience go at the moment? You speak to an advisor and they're trawling back through notes and they're trying to understand to not make you repeat yourself too much. But with Gen AI, the ability to take notes from 10 or 20 calls and just condense that into a really concise summary so that you can then move forward with the customer and help them progress the issue rather than spend all that time going back over what they've already told you. I think it's a really clear use case which will make a better experience for the customer and actually a much better experience for the the advisor trying to deal with the problem. So 
yeah, there's lots of examples. And that really circles back to your point, Red James, about the focus on the event being on speed and agility. I mean, this is how businesses create that speed and agility is by using things like AI. Have you sort of seen examples or had discussions at the event around its use case? Yeah, definitely. And I think to Rich's point there, what's the plan? What's the strategy? And everyone's got to have that point of view. We saw a McKinsey report recently, which was interesting. So 70% of the global workforce will see up to 50% of their work activities impacted by Gen AI. And they monitored this across 63 use cases. So that was a massive eye-opener for me around the, the productivity opportunities and unlocking that. And at the event, speaking to some of the life sciences organisations, clinical trials was one massive area where they could see Gen AI accelerating capabilities and drug discovery, an area for the UK to really lead in around innovation in that space. The McKinsey report also talked about customer operations, sales, marketing, R&D. So the clinical trials piece in R&D is right spot on to one of those Gen AI use cases, which is really interesting. Do you think there's a sort of a bit of a blurring between Gen I and where we talk about automation? Because, I mean, in a way, they're sort of interchangeable. You know, it's the use of AI to be able to go through that data, to be able to automate the mundane tasks. You know, it, are we soon going to see that differentiation between the two technologies or does it sort of become part and parcel of the package? Well, I think if you look at where many companies are at, they're still trying to get some of those base levels of automation to be broadly adopted across the whole enterprise. And so in some ways, when talking about Gen AI, we're kind of leaping forward to an extremely high level of maturity where lots of companies are still trying to get a base level of maturity in place. So, yeah, I think over time it all comes together. What people are trying to do is get that plan so that as they, you know, do build up from that base level, they, they end up in the right place and, and don't have to go back and, I guess, rework or start again to some degree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and James, if, if customers sort of saying to you, well, how do I start on this automation journey? You know, whereabouts am I and how do I get there? What, what do you say to them? Yes, this is it's interesting. And I think to Rich's point that it's not an either or, it's an and. I think it's automation and Gen AI. What are the potential use cases and opportunities? And you know, at ServiceNow, we've been doing automation for five plus years with the products, you know, AI built in, obviously. Fundamentally, starting with some of the IT processes, building into GBS, there's many, many opportunities to drive productivity out of finance, procurement, legal operations, and obviously HR as well. So some of the GBS plays, and then building out into obviously the IT foundation that we have with many of our customers, proving those automation use cases and AI opportunities is really, really key. So then layer Gen AI on top in parallel to that. Gen AI is gonna be a massive innovation enabler for a lot of the organizations. I guess one of the starting points is if they're automating across all those different departments and divisions, it's just breaking down those internal silos, which seems to be a, a friction point for many businesses today. Have you have you seen a shift now that businesses are getting that, you know, let's remove the silos, we can innovate, we can we can progress? Yeah, we've seen people move back and forth from that. I think sometimes having the speed to have those individual decision points within the business, but then shared service functions where there's not the local IP. So I think um, organisations want to set themselves up that they're not going to hold those business functions back from differentiating and innovating in their certain market segments. And, and that, that nimbleness was something that was talked about a lot at the, the CEO event. There was one example actually from a utilities business, um, wind farm sign-off, 4 billion sign-off that's taken them 13 years to deploy from some of the government regulations. So some of this uh, business agility and how we help structure that, but also technology has a massive acceleration point for those organizations definitely so we've, we've touched on the element of reskilling and, and retraining which is such an important thing today's growth and productivity and i think at the beginning james you talked about the skills gap 
actually service now we talk about the opportunity gap the opportunity to reskill and retrain how are businesses tackling that today so it's a really interesting discussion at one of the tables actually some organizations are creating universities and giving people that opportunity to retrain and reskill into new areas obviously the opportunities with technology and, and digital transformation uh, and we talked about our rise up program on the table uh, a million people being retrained effectively or trained on service now which was was a fantastic message that resonated with many of them so there's a lot of knowledge sharing around around the programs of, uh, that people are setting up in a particular addition to that we've got what 1.1 million vacancies in the UK and, I, UK and Ireland and so therefore people are looking at how do you drive more attractive recruitment for, for new talent pools as well. So those different sources of talent was, was a real uh, you know, discussion point. And the different, the jobs of the future. So how does that relationship with automation, AI, we've talked about gen AI, what, what does that talent pool look like for the future as well? The workforce of the future was a big theme of, of discussion as well. Do you have any insight there, uh, Rich, on what that future workforce could look like? Well, without labouring the Gen AI point, I think that it was brought up that there was a risk that the disruption that that could bring to the market, you know, that, that could have serious societal impacts and what would the government policy need to be in response to that. And so that's, I, I would say maybe that was framed as more of a threat than an opportunity. I, I think if I look at the the challenges that companies have in adopting technology, actually it is an opportunity. You know, that what if people could move up that maturity curve and deploy faster and innovate faster and build apps faster and all of that is what the promise of AI Gen AI offers then actually that will release a whole bunch of productivity and, and that will create more growth and that will make people you know there'll be more opportunities out there off the back of that so yeah it's it's not a foregone conclusion risk and opportunity but I'd, I'd see it more on the opportunity side and even rewinding slightly back again away from from Gen AI today's employee experience isn't just about the extra perks you get from the job actually there's an experience that employees expect to have know what the ESG strategy is for a business and things like that so even though looking at future workforce from you know how can AI take over some of the mundane tasks there's things today from an employee experience perspective that businesses can can do in your conversations today what are customers talking to you about their employee experience exactly to some of the points you've highlighted there so the CEO of Arup actually highlighted they've got 20,000 people applying for 700 roles and and she put that down to the fact it's such a purpose-driven organization very very good ESG credentials what they're doing in that space is very public but also um, it's it's company owned everyone's a shareholder in the company so people really felt they're part of something special and that was sort of bucking the trend in terms of the skill shortage and that skills gap so that was fascinating example from my standpoint and that seemed to resonate um, I talked about the, the company that's creating these universities locally as well within the organisation, the apprenticeship schemes as well. And that was a big discussion around the apprenticeship levy. How's that working out for different organisations? And in retail, Tesco talked about 14% of their workforce going through this apprenticeship levy. Others saw that as quite a low number and that was a bit of frustration for Tesco, but others actually had higher volumes. So it seems to be across the retail space there were mixed experiences from that. But that first role of being purpose-driven, giving people that apprenticeship route into organisations and then training with, with something that's really purposeful and outcome-driven was, was something that everyone was very passionate about. Yeah, I thought the thing that was really interesting from the, um, the Tesco story as well was the fact that retail is still a place that you can go in on an apprenticeship at a kind of entry level, you know, in the shop floor and they can provide you a career that will take you all the way to the boardroom and they had a number of examples of people who've made that step all the way from the shop floor to the 
to the boardroom and they, they saw that as something that would continue in the retail sector. I think if I think about the customers that we talk to every day around their employee experience, it is just trying to get some of those basic steps so that the onboarding, the in-life journey and the offboarding just runs really smoothly and there's lots of opportunities to take frustration out of the employee experience by doing those basics and then layering on top some of these more advanced opportunities that we've got. Definitely, that's really, really important. At the end of each of our podcasts that we, we do, we like to do a bit of crystal ball gazing. Um, so I'd like to ask each of you any predictions that you have for the next year or years to come of where businesses should be focusing their investments. Rich, to you? I think in the sector that I work in, it's all about pushing that customer experience. The level of differentiation that you've got in the product is, is difficult. It's all about the customer experience and how you can get everything across the whole enterprise connected up behind that customer experience and so that taking a really customer centric view being really clear on how you're going to provide both that amazing digital experience but also have the assistance there for when the, the customer needs that and lining everything up behind it i think that's the conversation that we're having with the the customers and if we could realize that opportunity again to the the ceo um, conference agenda around growth then the companies that really nail that are going to be able to deliver the, the growth that's uh, opportunity that's out there. And James, what does your crystal ball say? So building on, we've had the Gen AI theme, we've had a lot of focus on AI and automation. People are right at the core of this. So interesting speaking to a retailer very recently, their view was that 70% of their staff were spending time on internal facing activities, uh, systems, updating processes. And they wanted to flip that so 70% of the time in-store is focused on the customer and giving them that improved experience, back to, to Rich's point. Looking after the employees and giving them the, the, the insights, the data, the technology that help them do their jobs most effectively then knocks on to the customer experience as well. So getting those two right, I think it's a really, really core cool balance. But starting with the employee drives the, the overall total experience for that organisation. The consumer has massive choice out there. So, so that for me was was a real fundamental takeaway from some of the recent discussions. Now I think I'd add one other, which is in the life sciences space. I think there's a lot of focus on innovation around the clinical trial process, how we can accelerate research and development and drug discovery. I mean, that's fundamentally a very manual, traditional process that is ripe for disruption, and they're all exploring how do they accelerate those timelines. So that, that for me is another, another industry area that we see is going to be innovating in the next 12 to 18 months. That's brilliant. We've got a, an employee experience champion and a customer experience champion. Obviously, we I regularly on this podcast talk about total experience, so I love that. So the two of you together, we can we, we've definitely got um, an area there in total experience to, to move towards. So thank you ever so much for joining me in the podcast today. I know everyone's going to enjoy hearing your insights from the CEO Summit. Thank you both. Thanks for having us. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the ServiceNow Executive Circle UK&I podcast. 